Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, we tend to stick to food and drink news. And this Tuesday, I'm really stoked to be joined once again by whiskey expert John Rhodes. John, it's great to speak to you again. How have you been? Great. <laughs> Um, for, for some of our listeners listening, you can hop onto Facebook if you like, because this way you'll be able to see and also hear John. Uh, we're on the Facebook page, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And I can see John has a lovely whiskey spread in front of you um, already. So this week we're talking about Irish whiskey. So what makes whiskey Irish? Oh, ah, it's made in Ireland. Um, Well, I mean, the the reason I wanted to do uh, Irish whiskey this week is because it kind of nicely wraps up about a month's worth of promotion of not just whiskey, but Irish food as well. Um, And the the guys in uh, the the Consul General here, they've been pushing that. Um, And uh, they very kindly asked me to to present a a couple of sessions in uh, a couple of events locally um uh for for the irish whiskey so i I take that as a great compliment because you know they could try and find someone who actually talks with an irish accent um so yeah it was great and then i also got the opportunity to try out a couple of uh, irish whiskeys i'd never tried before Uh, and i know that we talked about irish whiskey previously um uh, but now i mean even just in the last what i think it must have been maybe about a year or so ago uh or or less than that it's progressed. Uh, the the new bottlings that are coming on, new you know, let's say new labels, but they're not new because some of the brands there are actually like a couple hundred years old. Um, uh, but they're sort of resurrecting them. So it's it's quite an interesting time. Uh, so I, I but I do have to give a, a quick thank you to uh, David Costello, who's the Irish uh, Consul General, um, and uh, and uh, the Deputy Consul, which is uh, Amelia Loy. Um, so these uh, these are the two sort of prime movers in pushing that along in Ireland. Uh, so that's that's why we're doing Irish whiskey today. Excellent. So do you have some history? I mean, we often we've heard you talk about Scottish whiskey, um, but you know, and you've given us some history with that. Can you give us some history to Irish whiskey? Endlessly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I look yeah. To it. Um, I mean, Again, it's, it's, it's like I, I have no bones about uh, sort of saying, yes, the Irish were the first to, let's say, what I would say, maybe distill uh, uh, spirit. Um, Irish monks went to uh, the Middle East. Um, they brought back sort of the skills of distillation. I mean, I, I think a few people have probably already heard this before, um, but they brought back that skill. And it, originally it was to really sort of uh, distill uh, the essence of, uh, flowers uh, and, and get that sort of thing and the oils from flowers and then things like this. And then, of course, there's not too many flowers in winter time in, in that part of the world in Ireland. It's a bit cold. So they decided that they'd start doing it for grains. Um, and uh, and that's, that's kind of like where the whole sort of spirits thing started. Um, Ireland has the unique, well, it has a, it's a fairly unique positions uh, or, or uh, uh, first in the world. Uh, I think one of the ones that are the most, I would say, infamous, I'm not sure it's to be proud of um the first recorded history of someone uh dying from overindulgence of alcohol was one of the irish kings around about sort of 1400s or so um so that was uh that's that's one of the claims to fame uh, apart from being the first to sort of like come up with whiskey but of course ireland is is literally you can see the steps on on the steps of giants causeway if you look on a clear day you can just about make out isla uh, which is scotland 
uh, you know, southwest Scotland. So, you know, they, they are literally within sort of sight of each other. Uh, so it's no surprise that, of course, you know, the monks would sort of make their way up uh, into Scotland. And around that time, there's a Gallic kingdom anyway, uh, or the leftovers of it. So they sort of encompass north, let's say northeast Ireland um, and sort of the west of Scotland, which is what we'd now call sort of like the Argyle area and some of the, the Western uh, Hebrides. Um, so this is, you know, this is it's natural for, for that to progress up into Scotland. Um, as for for uh, the history of the thing itself, yeah, it's, it's it's been a history of amazing ups and then an amazing down, uh, and we're now in a resurgence uh, for it. Uh, so it's it's you know I I mean around about the 1800s, Ireland was providing something like 60% of the world's whiskey. Uh, it, it was it was tremendous. It was way way more popular than anything from Scotland. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's got quite, uh, an interesting, uh, time behind it and inevitably it has its own uniqueness. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate that you're, you're there in the studio, right? Because, you know, I was, I was hoping that we could bring some of these in and I, I know you, can, you can't lift up the mask, you can't nose it and all that. However, I'm in my own place here and I can do everything. Yes, uh, you can and, do it for us. Yes, um, I don't know if some of our audience knows, <laughs> um, this, but one yeah, of the main Yeah, so this is where we're, um, uh, sitting with, uh, so... I was main differences. I was well, going to say the main the the main obvious difference is the spelling of whiskey. Now I know Irish whiskey uh, is spelt with an e, um, and Scottish whiskey and you know all the other whiskies are sort of spelt without the e. Um, is there a particular reason why? Is, is it because it's Gaelic or you know? No, no. It was it was because again, like I was saying, in the eighteen hundreds or so, Ireland, uh, particularly in Dublin, um, the it was. The most well-regarded whiskey, and it was an absolute premium. Um, it had a 25% premium on Scottish stuff, um, and as a result, you had all these guys who were essentially um, trying to copy it and emulate it. So the, the the Dublin distillers, in particular, they they threw in the word or the letter E to distinguish themselves from the rest. You know, from the rest, basically, uh, and that included in Ireland. It wasn't just the the Scots or, or whatever. Um, but that sort of carried over also to the U.S. because there's an awful lot of immigrants that went over. Um, and, of course, that was a result of one of the, re I would say, the beginnings of, of the downfall of, of, of Irish whiskey. That's right. It's uh, also spelled with an E in the U.S., yes. Yeah. Uh, so and as far as I understand, I think they're the only two countries uh, that have it. In Canada, Correct. it's without the E. Yes. And um, Japan and is without the E. Yeah. It's not this without the East. So those are the two countries. So of course, yeah, the immigrants took it with them to, to USA. Uh, there is one actual brand that was started out by Scottish. I think it was uh, some Scottish brothers uh, in the USA. They're the only one in the USA that has it without the E on the bottle, as far as I know. Um, and it's because they wanted to sort of distinguish themselves as being of Scottish origin. Uh, let's say um, I can't remember the name. I think it was Maker's Mark. Uh, I think that was one. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's the difference. I read somewhere that Irish whiskey, and some people will say it's smoother than Scottish whiskey because it's distilled so many times. It's triple distilled. Oh, uh, what, that's what like asking your... how long to feed the string. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, <laughs> what is? I mean, there's there's certain aspects to it that are um, with Irish whiskey. Traditionally, right, the the, the main difference is uh, it's always been triple distilled, um, and one of the characteristic Irish whiskies is a uh, single pot still. So what's that? Whiskies, uh, well, I mean, these whiskies uh, uh, distilled in, in, in pot stills, right? 
Um, and these things um, in Scotland, mostly it's just double distillation. So you have two different distillations uh, going you know, for the whole process. In Ireland, it was three. Um, and that's one of the main sort of characteristics. So it lightens up the whiskey. It makes it a little bit lighter. You like still can amber, retain the Like a light pale amberish color? Ah, well, the color comes down to the barrels okay. um, and, and, and partly the age. Um, and, and that sort of maybe brings us on to the first whiskey that we've got here. So this is actually a single grain. Um, but with, with Irish whiskeys, uh, yeah, they triple distilled. But the other thing is, and this is, it was a tax dodge uh, uh, for the other reason. Um, in, well, you know, from about 1800 to about 1922, uh, it, was, it was the parliament in London that was, that was uh, basically, you know, had control of Ireland. Um, well, theoretically. And uh, they... They were trying to uh, get the taxes on the whiskey, but so much of it was being basically bootlegged to to USA or or, or well to the Americas uh, and and things like that. So they wanted to try and get the the tax, of course, um, because not all of it was being consumed within Ireland. So they put a tax on the malt. So whiskey is made from malted barley. Uh, so what the Irish did was they decided, okay, well we're not going to malt all of the barley. We'll just malt some of it. And some of it's unmalted, therefore untaxed. Uh, so this is, you know, that's the reason for it. And that is what single pot still whiskey is. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mix of unmalted and malted barley uh, when they make it. And that actually leads to a fairly smooth whiskey along with a triple distillation. So, yeah, you're right. You have, a, you know, traditionally a very nice light characteristic uh, sort of thing for Irish whiskey. Uh, complexities are still there, uh, but it's quite a bit lighter and smoother. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the those are the real sort of main differences. Let's say in a technical kind of way. Okay, is it uh, less or more peaty than Scottish whiskey? Uh, I'm sorry, I keep comparing it to Scottish whiskey. It's just because we've talked about it so much that oh, that's as you should, frame. as you should. <laughs> that's a frame let's, of let's, you know, I like Irish whiskey, but you know, I'm going to wave the flag <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one to compare it to. Um, having said but that, yeah, having said that, whenever we talk yeah. about an Irish coffee, um, it, you know, you know, people don't call it a Scottish coffee, so maybe we have to give credit to the Irish for. <laughs> for the way they've included whiskey and coffee. <laughs> you know how that came about? Uh, the Irish, it was in the days when uh, aircraft basically couldn't make it all the way across the Atlantic. Uh, so there was a, I think there was a port somewhere in Ireland and it was seaplanes, I think. Um, and so you get passengers coming from, traveling from England. They stop off in this place in Ireland. Uh, and it was the chef who was an executive chef, basically. He was in charge of all of the food and F&B and looking after passengers. Um, and he could see that in those days, you know, it wasn't like Heathrow and nice warm terminals and whatnot. It was just an airfield and it was cold. cold. So passengers got out, freezing cold, nothing to do really. So this guy came up with this uh, idea of putting whiskey into basically coffee and cream and, and, and so on. And that's where the Irish coffee was born because uh, it was in Ireland and this guy did it. And that's that's the history of the Irish whiskey. Wow. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Irish coffee. Um, and you're right, in Scotland, I mean, you know, most people are trying to get out of there in wintertime. Uh, so there's <laughs> not a real strange thing for us, like they're producing um, uh, coffee in, in, in that. But then again, Scotland has got its uh, hot toddy. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. So in terms of peatiness, um, is Scottish whiskey <laughs> more sort of of that taste? Ah, well, this is the interesting thing. There are some peated whiskies now. You know, I mean, for various reasons, uh, due to temperance, the Irish potato famine, um, uh, things like uh, the coffee still, which brought in a, a style of 
whiskey making that the, the Irish distillers didn't like, but the Scottish embraced, uh, prohibition in the USA, and then Irish uh, independence. Um, all of these things combined to, to cause the, the industry to go down to about two distilleries in 1972. They had about sort of 30, uh, 30, 40, 50 distilleries around about 18, late 1800s. And they went down to two. Uh, they've now gone up to 30 and there's more on the way. Uh, so they're really coming back. It's really coming back. Uh, so um, in terms of peat, there's very few peated whiskies at the moment, but I know that people are making it. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, it should be because, you know, if you ever think of Irish, you just think of Irish peat bog. Uh, and, and this is it, you know, so it's, sort of, it's, it's a peat bog. So they will be, and they do make their own peated whiskies. Uh, it's just not as common as Scotland. Um, and even then in Scotland, it's, it's not that big compared to non-peated whiskies, for example. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, for for Ireland, it's it's uh, it's an interesting history. It's nice to see them coming back. Um, they have also an advantage over Scottish in certain ways, let's say, or, or difference. Let's put it that way. Uh, with with Scottish whiskey, it's it has to be three years uh, in oak barrels for maturation before they can bottle it. Uh, whereas with Ireland, it's three years in a wooden barrel, um, and that is the difference because they can go to other wood that's not oak. Uh, and this is where some of the Irish distillers uh, and producers are, are, they're moving into areas where they're trying different types of wood. They're not constrained in that kind of way. Uh, so there's, there's, that makes another little bit of a difference. They're, they're quite interesting with what they're doing. Um, and then I, I would say that they have some advantages in that they're so like early days in this resurgence that's going on or a revival. Um, they can do stuff that Scotland wouldn't think of doing, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm waiting to see some more stuff coming out. But you can see signs of it, you know. Uh, so, like, for example, right, let's say if we get into uh, – we may as well start. Well, how's the time? Ooh, well, it's already got, – Exactly. We've got about six minutes. Time Yeah, flies. sorry. It's just like, it's one single time. It's, it's, it's endless. <laughs> Here, we'll try some funky glasses. These are blind-tasting glasses, oh. right? So – um, so you can't but, see yeah. the color if you use those glasses. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you this, is, this that, is the thing. Do you find that if people look at the color, they'll already prejudge a whiskey? So that's quite a pale color. It's like a, a light yeah, because it's grain. triple distilled. Okay. Um, I think this one. I think it is actually, but it's, it's the main thing for me is just single grain whiskey rather than just uh, malted barley uh, or barley. Um, but it's been matured for at least two or three years in a Cabernet Sauvignon wine cask. Oh. And, and that makes something different. So although you get the nice light sweetness of a grain, you know, for grain whiskey, and I, I really like grain whiskies, you just, when you got it on the palate, so excuse me. Yeah, when you get it on the palate, you know, you just got that little extra there. Um, Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. You just get a little bit of extra fruitiness that you wouldn't expect from a grain whiskey. Because it's been so really put in nice. a Sauvignon Cabernet. Because it's, yeah, it's been in that barrel for maybe a couple of years. And now, this, I mean, the Scots have been doing that as well. Uh, no question about it. But not, I've never come across it in a grain whiskey. So there's a little bit of that going on. And that, that's from a company who's, I think, the, the two boys, uh, the Teeling brothers, they started out um, somewhere oh, about 10 years or so, or maybe a bit less in Dublin and they resurrected Teeling and their father, Jack Teeling started this, uh, the distillery in Ireland, 1987 called Cooley. And that became, that was only the third distillery. So they were really 
pushing, you know, sort of like the beginnings of like new whiskey distilleries coming into Ireland. Um, so that's that's kind of a little bit of history there with those guys. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is, you know, that's like another one of those. Let's try the next one. Now, this is Glendalough. They've been around 10, I think about 10 years now. Um, so really the Irish, let's say, revival, I would say, probably did start roughly about 10 years ago. Uh, so we, we got a slightly goldy colored uh, uh, whiskey there. And so we'll, we'll match that with a gold colored glass. So again, it's like, now these guys have done it in two barrels. Let's say it's a little bit more traditional Scottish uh, or a lot, of, a lot of Scottish guys do. Um, but nonetheless, they're very good. So it's, it's been, I think it's about eight years in a ex-bourbon cask and then two years in a, a Oloroso sherry cask. Uh, so that's again. It that's just has that. Oh wow, a sherry cask. Depth to it, but it's it's sweet and it's it's very very nice. Uh, so that's a company called uh, Glendalock, and they started that about ten years ago. Um, and 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 that's that one. Don't, I'm going to hit the third one before before we run out of time. Uh, and I'm having a very nice, uh, let's say, lunchtime. Uh, you know, with all of this. <laughs> yeah. So this this third one is is a company called Kinnahans, and they've been around as a name for about 200, more than 250 years. Uh, but they were one of the distilleries in, I think, in Dublin. Um, and they, of course, they went by the wayside, but then they got resurrected. I'm not quite sure. I think they've been maybe going for about four or five years. Now, this is a good example of, of what these Irish guys do uh, or what they can do where they're playing around with it. This has actually got five different types of, uh, sorry, four different types of oak. Uh, so you've got oak from Hungary, oak from France, oak from USA and oak from Spain. Um, then you've got another one, uh, which is, uh, the other, the wood that's in there and it's cherry wood. So they've taken the cast, they've taken the staves and then they put in all these different staves and one of them is cherry. And this is where, uh, Scotland can't do that kind of thing, but Ireland can. And this is what this is. And this is called a cast project. So, uh, this is, yeah, Kinahan's, they're calling it the cast project. Um, but it, give this another five years that we absolutely astounding. I mean, it's pretty good as it is now. But you just got all this complexity coming in. Uh, so that's, that's you know, nice sort of like interesting kind of thing coming in. And there's so many more distilleries coming through from Ireland. Um, so it's, it's well worth having a look, you know. Let's see what this tastes like. Fruity? Uh, actually, less fruity. Okay. Um, and I would say there's more influence of, of the wood there. Okay. Um, and it's a little bit drier. Uh, more it's just wood. different. Yeah, that's just, it's more dry. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Sorry, just any now. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, you mentioned yeah. just now that it's making a bit of a comeback. Since when did it sort of make a comeback? In the last five years, last 10 years? And why do you think there's... I, uh, so no, I reckon more... it started about 10 years ago. And okay. I think one of the things that kicked that off possibly um, was the Cooley Distillery I mentioned, which was started up in, I think, 80, 1987. That got sold to a large, one of the large companies um, that are out there in the world. And that was enough to kick off people thinking, right, it's just the large companies that are holding on to the whole industry. And and that's that's what got it going, basically. Uh, so a lot more distilleries started up. Uh, and the people have suddenly realized that, you know, Ireland has its own history. And it's a tremendously good history. The first to invent uh, whiskey. Very quickly, bef before I let you go, let's talk about money. Uh, in terms of the mm. price point, I mean, we often talk about Japanese whiskey being really expensive for, for you know, for, uh, for what it is. What mm -hmm. about Irish whiskey? Um, is it very expensive or is it sort of affordable? 
It's kind of, yeah, it depends on what it is and who it is. I would say it, compared to Japanese whiskey, it's, it's more affordable for sure. Um, you, you've got some pretty good price points uh, and it's, 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 it compares very favorably. Um, but with, with some of the one or two of the companies that have sort of like the older staff, they've got some uh, older staff and something different. Uh, of course, their prices are, 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 you know, sort of up there. But I would say probably for the equivalent age and, and, and maybe cask bottling or whatever it is. Um, no, it's not as definitely not as much as Japanese whiskey. That's for sure. Okay, very interesting. Right, John, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We learned a lot, and I suppose, you know, Christmas round the corner and Thanksgiving's round the corner. Maybe people can, can do some pairing uh, with Irish whiskey. Give it a go. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> thank you very yeah. much indeed for your time today and chat to you again in a month's time. Thank you very much.